0: Hello and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast, part of the Acast Creator Network. My guest this week is the actress Diane Guerrero, famous for Netflix shows such as Orange is the New Black and Jane the Virgin. She is one of the stars of Disney's new beautiful animation, Encanto, which opens on November the 24th. It features songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which are Gorgeous. Diane was actually in Colombia when we recorded this episode. She spoke so honestly and passionately about her own family, being born in the US to Colombian parents, and the nightmares she went through at the very young age of 14 when she came home from school one afternoon to find that her parents weren't there. Later that day, she found out they were being deported. She talks about her own feelings of imposter syndrome. When... At an awards do, she saw Meryl Streep and she tells me that she was too unconfident to go and talk to her. She does get very excited discussing the plans for her own upcoming wedding and it may have something to do with singing. This is a very honest and open chat and at times heartbreaking, especially when she talks about her struggles. I was left with a feeling of such respect for her and what she stands for and what she's trying to do to change people's out-of-date opinions. I do hope you enjoy listening. Please, can I ask you a favour? Would you mind following and subscribing, please? By clicking the follow or subscribe button. This is completely and utterly free, by the way. And you can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes. I know there have been quite a few now. And you'll see the stars where you can tap and rate and also please write a review. Thank you so much. Diane, it's such a pleasure to talk to you for so many reasons. I've immersed myself in your world um, over the past couple of days to research you. And I love that one of the things I found was you played a game on, it's on YouTube where you say, never have I ever been in a musical.
1: Yes, you have. Yes, you have. I did it. I did (laughs) it. I yeah I cannot <laughs> believe that it's all like gonna happen and it's been my lifelong dream and to be able to say that I that that it happened this year and in one of like the most kind of craziest years of, of of a lot of our lives of mine especially too there were a lot of changes for me transformations and you know I really saw what it looked like to lean into that I really saw what it looked like to allow myself to. To move forward and 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 go through the uncomfortable because it brought me here, uh, and I actually did get to do a musical with Lynn Manuel Miranda. Like what? Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean if you're
0: going to do a musical with anybody you're going to do it with him. And there's wonderful footage of you singing a song from Hamilton and do you know it's really weird. Now in the Heights is one of my favorite. I love in the Heights. Yeah. And when they do it back on stage, you know you've got to be in that. I mean there's no two ways. You call him up and you say, "Hey, okay, I'm here now. I'm doing this song. You're going to do it on
1: stage. You've got to." I have to I have to do something on stage. I mean that. So now I did the musical like Disney, but now my dream dream is to be on stage and yeah, you're right. I mean, I do know these people now, so I should just be like, Hey, give me a shot. Um, you know, it's funny when, when they were auditioning for in the Heights, the film, I got the audition. Oh my God. And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got, I got the audition, but I couldn't bring myself to send it in. No. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, you know, it's just like one of those things I was, you know, dealing with a lot of like uncertainty, a lot of feelings of, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, which I think a lot of people can like relate to, especially, you know, when we're talking about Encanto, the the movie I just did with, with Lynn, is that feeling of not feeling special and, and maybe your gift is not enough. Um, And that's kind of like what I felt like I, I did those audition tapes and I just didn't think they were good enough. And so I didn't send them in and it was, you know, once you see the the whole production, I'm like, okay, everybody who was right for the part got it, but I didn't even give myself that shot. And so when the Disney film opportunity um, came about, and they're like, you have to audition with a song. I was like, I really, really want this. And I don't care if it's perfect. I don't care how it sounds. I'm just going to bring myself to it. And I got it. So you know, it's, it's really a testament to
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also things, I mean, I'm a great believer in things happening for a reason and what you've been through in your life and you're, you're, you know, testing yourself and having the confidence, but suddenly this was the one. And it's so, it's, so, it's a it's gorgeous. It's a family cartoon and it, it's beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful
1: in every way, isn't it? It's gorgeous. I mean, the colors, the music, the sounds, the animation. I mean, it's next level. I grew up watching Disney and I would transport into those worlds. And, you know, honestly, they were really like a lot of what saved me and what kept me dreaming for more and for um, just that beauty that I saw that Disney offered, you know, that, that, that beautiful world that you could live in, you know, if you just gave yourself that chance. And for me as a little Colombian girl, uh, watching these films, you know, I was always trying to find myself in it. You know, we were in an interview with John Leguizamo and, and Stephanie Beatriz. And he was saying, you know, the closest character that he could relate to was Mowgli in, in Jungle Book. And, you know, I, people used to call me Mowgli, um, you know, my family members used to call me Mowgli. I had, I had a very Mowgli haircut anyway, but, but, you know, (laughs) that or Pocahontas, you know, were like the ones that we sort of connected to and, but yet, you know, they weren't really what we grew up with. And so it was really hard to like imagine a world with you in it, you know, and especially for like Colombia and Latin America, You know, we don't get that kind of representation that is beautiful and magical. And we the kind of a lot of the the bad stuff that comes from it. So
0: but it's about time i mean it's it's actually shocking that it's taken so long for that to happen when you put it like that I, it, you know when we talk when we talk about um representation and diversity and we talk about it a lot over here in the uk and I'm, i and i i hope and pray it's talked about a lot over there in in america as well and around the world it needs to be talked about but you're so right and that it's taken till 2021 for us for you Uh, to see that on screen in a cartoon that that's an awful state of play really isn't it we've got to do we've got to do more we've got to do more
1: we do have to do more we have to do better and we have to just believe that that we can do these things you know sometimes we get stuck in like what works and you know not doing the work and what you you know sometimes we get caught up in in like well, how do we explain this family to the masses? And, and well, you know, we're all human beings, right? We all yeah. we all come from a family. We all play these different roles. We all want to be with each other. And there are a lot of things that come come between us and our family and come between us and being ourselves. That's universal. But telling the story through uh, the lens of, uh, of a Latinx family, a Colombian family, you know, sometimes... The powers that be, people making decisions, have a really hard time um, going through that threshold of threshold of uncomfortableness, and you know, of actually getting to learn what a different culture looks like and what what they do. Like that's why I'm I, I'm so impressed uh, with our directors, uh, Jared and and Byron, and and everybody who's a part of this movie. They came to Columbia and researched our our country here and it was it was it took about 4 or 5 years to make this film because that was the level of dedication but i for one want quality over over quantity and yeah, i think that yeah. we need to start being more intentional with the stories that we tell and start thinking you know more about about how these kids are going to feel by seeing themselves on screen by being represented you know i talk about Positive mirroring, we need more we need to see ourselves more in a positive light. and I think this movie really does that and I'm so excited to be able to see it. Oh,
0: that is well it does. Oh my goodness, it really does and it's a joy. it's a uh, and and again, I'm gonna use the same phrase I just said, but it's a family film. And I think those are quite few and far between. I am I, I, there's so many <laughs> so many superhero films but I sort of, I've lost count. And I know I that my, know. my teenagers love them, but this is, oh, this is, it's a joy. It's just a joy. Congratulations on it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean it. Um, So when are you going to make, because your life story is so incredibly powerful and poignant and extraordinary for people who don't know your story we're obviously going to talk about it but your story should be on screen because you've had you've written your books your right. story should be on screen you've got to make the story this is a, this is and it happens far too often what's happened to you in life this has got to be told
1: oh for sure you know I I'm you know before when I released my book in the country we love and I you know I kind of started talking about my story and um, got more involved in social activism and um, storytelling in, in, in that way. The thought of making a film out of my life or, or a series or anything like that was very terrifying because I really didn't know how I was going to tell it because I didn't want to tell it how everybody else wanted me to tell it. You know, I had plenty of meetings of people who were like interested in making the, my story into, into a film Um, or series, but everyone had all these different opinions that, and, and, and ideas that really didn't fit what I really saw the, or didn't, wouldn't, wouldn't make my film have the impact that I think it needed. And I think uh, what I really needed was to sit on it, marinate on it and grow. Um, And that's really what I've done. And so I am so pumped, so jazzed to, tell this story my way. And I'm so happy that it didn't happen just right away. You know, those, those few meetings with CBS or with Fox didn't work out, you know, for a reason. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. It did because I see my story a lot more clearly now and I cannot wait to share that story with the world, but it's gonna happen. Of
0: course it is, of course it is. So for people who, who don't know your story, um, you're, you were born in New, New Jersey and then you moved to Boston with your parents And then when you were 14 years old, you came home from school and your parents weren't there. I mean, it is it is as dramatic as that. And I my my daughter's 14 and I've discussed your story with her. She's a huge fan of yours, by the way. And and she just said, Mom, she was my age. So for people who don't know the story, I don't want to tell your story. This is your story to share if you're happy to share it on this podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and thank you for, for doing that research on me and, and um, for making me feel comfortable uh, to tell the story, you know, so many times um, my story isn't, or people or stories like these aren't really handled with care. And, you know, w- at one point was very volatile because my, 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 my family emigrated from Colombia around early eighties and I was born in 86, but since I was born so meaning like even when I was an idea in my in my mother's imagination or or a twinkle in her eye my parents were struggling to get their paperwork uh to be uh legalized here in in the states and it was really really difficult for them um and when I was born they were having they were still going through the same kind of issues and so that was sort of my life I I heard the adults sort of always be afraid of, of the possibility of deportation. And, you know, and that's what happened. My family was separated uh, by deportation. My I came home one day and, and my parents were gone. And I had to make the decision as a 14-year-old to either go to Colombia, that's where my fam- family's from, a place that I had never been, in, um, or to continue my studies in the States. And I guess very much like Mirabel, the character in uh, an encanto to save my family you know and that, that became my mission I, at 14 years old my mission was to save my family and to bring them together um, and it's taking me a very long time to do that but <laughs> every decision in my life has been with that in mind. Diane
0: I just I, I mean I as a mother and as a human being <laughs> I I the part there's so many parts of this that I just want to to be there next to you and holding your hand because to for a 14 year old girl who's going through so many changes anyway you know I've been a teenager I remember sort of it's a while ago but but to go through all that you went through and that there was nobody that came and checked on you this is the bit as a mother I just want to go and hold you that you weren't checked on and that you were having to cope with this all on your own and you had to keep your family story secret you kept your own personal pain and journey that you were going through and whatever you choose to share, you've shared in your book, which is amazing. Um, that's the part that that breaks my heart still today. I know you're a grown woman and you're powerful and you're strong and you're a beautiful soul and you share your story for all the right reasons, but but there was nobody came to check on you. What on earth is going on? Why?
1: Well, you know, sadly, that's the reality for a lot of immigrant families uh, and a lot of families of color in the U.S. Um, you know, uh, in immigration, being an immigrant or a refugee is criminalized, um, and and more so when you're a person of color. Um, and and the reality is that you know we are living in a very racist society, and where black and brown people are not afforded the same luxuries as white people are. And so uh, being an immigrant is very, very <laughs> difficult um, and, and, is, and is really looked down upon. And, you know, I, I think that when it comes to immigrant children or, or children of, of immigrant parents, you know, it, it's the same thing. It's like your your life is not valued as much as as somebody else's. Oh else my is. god! Yeah. So so that's that's why we're having these conversations. That w- that's why um, we need to talk about how every human life matters, right? Yes, how yes, yes. how families just should not be separated, regardless of what you know what is going on. Uh, it's never good to to separate families. It's never good to just not check up on a child. Um, and to just say, well, they're, you know, kind of like let them be swallowed up by the earth or let them bootstrap, you know, if as a, as a common saying in, in the United States. Like I also was afforded a lot because I was a U.S. citizen, you know, so my story is is not even as as bad or as worse as a lot of kids that haven't experienced um, in the States, losing their family or their family being deported or even them themselves. Um, being afraid of being deported, so I was incredibly lucky that I was born on U.S. soil, that I had that ability to sort of move around and uh, have access to public education, Boston public education, um, you know, and and have have the arts uh, in in that school really propel me towards this career and this future that I that I have now. Um, but that's that's what we're talking about here is that. You know the politics are all wrong. You know we're not. It's not difficult. Uh, you know to to have a comprehensive uh, immigration system. They just don't want to.
0: The most important thing, and I think you know through the pandemic as well, and actually in in the the film that that you're starring in and and talking to you, the most important thing that we've all learned and we should carry on with a carry with us all the time is about being kind kindness, just be kind to everybody, no matter what their age, what their sexuality, what their color. I mean, the fact that that we're even having this conversation, I find heartbreaking. We shouldn't be having this conversation
1: anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be so hard for families to stay together, you know, and and we experience so much family separation all over the world. um, That is not... That, that can't be good for us. It's not good for, for us moving forward or for us creating a society that is worthwhile. Um, we're constantly fighting uh, all of these evils and it's like we're constantly fighting or, or having to repair um, you know all this brokenness that has been imposed on people. Um, and you're right. It's like it, if we just thought about like what this really did to families, and, and the long term repercussions and the mental health repercussions, um, you know, we I, I think they should be uh, included in the discussion. But, you know, when when we're discussing politics and business and money, you know, sometimes that's just, uh, you know, falls by the wayside. It's like, you know, people don't care. Love is the is the strongest and most most powerful tool that we have. Yes. Um, I, you know, I read I read this book called All About Love um, by bell hooks that really has taught me to like lean into that. You know, I, I, I was in college and, and in school and I would say, well, what about love? And people would laugh at me, you know, no. you, you, oh, people laugh at you when you, when you, when you're talking about compassion and fairness and equality, people don't want to hear that. But I would say that to anybody who's listening to this, like, if you feel that lean into that, because that is the key. Um, and I think the more people lean into that, the better off we will be.
0: What's so wonderful is that you speak about all of this so much, so there are going to be young people, like I said, my fourteen year old daughter who now i mean a part of it she I've got to talk about Jane the Virgin because my kids love it, oh <laughs> my God, they love it, just you know they that's that it's on it seems to be on all the time in our house um but but the fact that you were speaking out and the fact that people listen to you and young girls, young guys will listen to you. And take on board what you're saying. I mean, you know, Orange is the New Black is such a massive, massive show throughout the world that you speak out and that you say something is so powerful. But it must sometimes you must think, do, do you feel that you've got a heavy weight on your shoulders to, to, to be the spokesperson or do you do you do you
1: feel comfortable in that role? no, I don't feel comfortable in this role. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, it's, it, it's, I'm feeling more and more comfortable as I go. I feel like when I first started and I, you know, I first shared something so personal, a lot, you know, the response was incredible, you know, and, and there, yeah, there was some, there was some backlash and response of like, oh, you know, actresses, you know, talking politics, you know, shut up, you know, just keep to your whatever, whatever you do. And, go back to your country, kind of things like that, that were very hurtful. But, you know, also a lot of the positive attention was was also, you know, if a person is not prepared, um, can also be harmful. Um, because then a lot of that relies on, you know, it is on you. And, and, and I thought, gosh, I've already presented myself this way. I can't say no. So for the beginning yeah. of, of, of all of this, I was just saying yes a lot, even though you know I couldn't take it. I couldn't handle a lot of that pressure. I didn't want to go on CNN and speak for the entire immigrant community because my experience is not every, every immigrant's experience. And so you know, learning how to say no to those things and take care of myself took a while. And now that I am taking care of myself, that I do have a clear understanding of what my role is in all of this. I'm not the one who carries all of this. I'm just one person and I use my platform in the way that I see um, that is best for me. And I like to speak about these issues because I care about them, but I'm not, I, I'm certainly not uh, the spokesperson or um, the representative of all, uh, you know, immigrant communities. I'm just not. And and I had to like, you know, I had to like learn that and, and the way you continue to uh, exercise that is by saying no and Good I only Good yeah yeah absolutely it's by saying no, no is and, a and powerful knowing, word no is a powerful world word and also to know that there are so many people doing this work and we need to highlight those people you know um, and so I'm I'm just happy to be here and join forces and and follow the lead of of all these incredible leaders and um and activists and 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 you know human rights folks. I mean, it's it's really incredible work that they're doing. I just want to keep doing that.
0: Yeah, good for you. I think you're fantastic. I really do.
1: to get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss okay let's talk let's talk about those tv shows so
0: um uh, Jane the Virgin as I mm-hmm. said it seems to be on all the time in the house the, here's okay corny question I need an alert I need a sound that go wah, wah, wah,
1: wah. but was it as much fun to do as it is for us to watch it Oh my gosh, of course. It was so fun. To, oh, the, that set was incredible. It was so much fun. And, it, you know, it was a comedy. It was, it was heartwarming. I was working with incredible people who became my friends. Um, you know, it was, I, I love the, you know, the fantasy sequences. I mean, who doesn't love a fantasy, uh, <laughs> fantasy sketch or, or sequence? I mean, man, it was, it was a really magical place. Um and to get to tell, you know, through tell the story through this lens of a of a Latinx family um, was also very special. And and to to have like the show be such a success in the way that it was, you know, was huge for us. You know, they every, every time you go to casting, you know, what they say is that, you know, we don't know. Latino families don't work. Latino you know, you know, we can't tell. Oh, these they don't. No, no, the, no.
0: Not still. Surely not still. Of course. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but but that that's the thing with with through shows like Jane the Virgin, through shows like Orange is the New Black, is that we start to see it's like we don't have to explain, or we don't have to explain why we are, why we are here, why why we exist. We just exist. We just are, and we are just enough. And you can see yourselves through us just because we share. Uh, you know, we have a different culture or come from a different background doesn't mean that you can't see yourself in us. Um, and we're, you know, we're all really essentially like we're American, you know, we all are, these are the Americas, you know, so to try to like, you know, segregate or, or to exclude or to separate is just silly. And, And we see that with, with breakout shows like Jane, the Virgin, Jane, the Virgin is an incredible show. And we didn't need to explain our Latin roots. We didn't need to hold up a chili pepper so people could understand, you know, who, <laughs> who the hell we were. Oh,
0: that's just shocking. I mean, I laugh, but I laugh in complete shock. You go, Hey, this is what we're about. Oh my goodness me. But also um, Orange is the New Black. When you're in a show that's, that's that a worldwide huge, I mean, it's like being in a Disney cartoon. Like you say, you grew up, we all grew up, Disney's a part of our lives, um, but I've never been in one of their cartoons. So there, there we go. But But um, but Orange is a New Black, when everybody's talking about a show around the world, do you feel that as an as an actor as well? Do you do you get that feeling that everyone's talking about it? And when you turn up to the events, I love the story about you. There was Meryl Streep and you were the only one that didn't go up and talk to her or something. Yeah. When you're at that, it's like Meryl Streep watches our show. That's
1: cool. I know. I know. I think it's just such a a message of self-acceptance. You know, and whatever level you are, whether you're just starting, whether you're in the middle, whether you want more, whether you are at the height of your career, you know, everyone struggles with self-acceptance self and wherever you are, be yourself and, and know that you're there for a reason. You know, so many times I said guess to myself, um, gosh, I, I, I shouldn't be here. Why am I? You know, that, that made, honestly, experiences like Orange is the New Black, like Jane the Virgin, sometimes very hard for me because I, really? I still could not, yeah, I could not wrap my head around me being there. And that was something that I had to work through, like through therapy and group therapy and uh, mindfulness and grounding exercises to, to figure out how to, how to allow myself to just be um, in these spaces, because, and I, I honestly think that it's a lot because I didn't, I really didn't grow up watching a lot of people of color on, on screen, especially yeah. Latinx folk, you know, I didn't see the, those representations. So when I was in that room, it was like, how am I here? And is this right? And that's the whole Meryl Streep thing. I couldn't go up to her because I couldn't, I yet could not accept that I was there and to be in a show so big, like orange is the new black. I mean, for a young actor who, you know, was walking around this world, never telling anybody that her parents were gone. You know, I I felt like I had no base, no, no one to tell, you know, this was happening to me. So it didn't seem real until I shared my story. And that's why I did like right after Orange is New Black, I saw all those women, those women empowered the hell out of me. You know, they were like, I'm here, I'm queer, I have no fear, I am a woman, I am brown, I am big, I am little, I am, you know, I have curly hair, I have straight whatever it is, I am here. Um, and, and that really, really, really resonated with me and, and, and allowed me to say, hey, I can't hide anymore because I can't be a single second in this room without telling my truth. So, so
0: if you saw Meryl Streep now, please tell me you would go up and you'd say hi. Because you're just, <laughs> a, you're, you're, you are know, you're know, you're a beautiful soul. You're, you're an honest, beautiful soul who loves love. You're right. I please tell love me love. you'd have the confidence to go up
1: there and say hello to her. You know what? This was so helpful. You know what I think I would do now if I saw her, I would go up to her and say, Hi, Meryl, my name is Diane Guerrero and I love love. And that's yes! and love, love. That's all. That's all I would say. And, I, and then see what she would respond. And that's it. You've got to do
0: it because, you know, you'll be in the room with her soon. You will be in the room with her soon. I will And be. at I'm that moment. That yes, I love that. I love that. Um. So in this podcast, we always ask people what makes them belly laugh. And I you, you're a very passionate soul, obviously, but I'm sure you can you can laugh. I can see it in your eyes. Oh, oh, you've got that twinkle. Okay, so what makes you really lose it laughing?
1: Oh, what makes uh, so many things, but I like, I like, um, I love doing a bit, you know, like, I just love, like, okay, I'll I'll share with you what uh, I did with my, with my partner, uh, soon to be husband, uh, on the plane. And I just, I love, I love having like a buddy to like, to like, you know play jokes and comedy off of (laughs) and so he got he got a drink a a ginger ale from from the um from you know that they were passing out drinks on the plane and he just started he was just he was like oh hey how's it going and he just like slurps a drink and he's like right and then um and then he's just he just keeps doing it and I just like laugh and then I just and then without him expecting it, I slurp mine. And then we just kept slurping those drinks, like the entire ride while we were drinking it. And like that kind of comedy and humor and spontaneity is what makes me belly laugh. I just, (laughs) I live for it. Just like the dumbest thing. Um, I I like just like silly, quirky, you know, kind of, you know, uh, knock, knock jokes. You know, that's, that's me. I want, I want jokes, bits on bits and jokes on jokes like all day long. I love that. I love that. So <laughs> so right so you're engaged. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: Um have you got the wedding all planned? Is it all is it soon? No. Don't tell me exactly when. Don't worry. I'm not going to come. Don't no, worry. No.
1: No, we don't. We don't. Um we I think that we've sort of like waited for us to really feel ready. I think that, you know, we did the whole engagement thing, but we weren't we, we were like, okay, let's see what that feels like. And let's get to know each other some more and see if this is, you know, what we really want. You know, I feel like we got engaged with a disclaimer of like, we need to get to know each other better. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, it was like, we wanted to be engaged quickly, but we also wanted the, the, the freedom to get to know each other and to work on ourselves and work, work, work on ourselves with each other. So I think that has been really positive. I mean, we've done couples therapy we've done, therapy, um, you know, individually, we continue to do it. We're going to start family therapy soon with my folks. Um, We've been really preparing ourselves to see like, okay, do we, are we a good match? Um, So now I think it's it's been, I think three years that we've been engaged. And so now we're starting to come around and being like, Hey, I think we could really maybe do this.
0: Oh, and you please tell me you're going to sing at the wedding. You've got to sing at the wedding. Surprise him with the song.
1: Oh, I won't even surprise. I mean, the, there's an entire there's going to be an entire set list. I, I mean, I'm I'm basically you know how some people have like performers. Other, I'm performing on in my own wedding. That's it. Yes. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh absolutely. I mean, I sing I sing all the time. We we we're both uh, musical. He he plays the trumpet and he's he's quite of a jack. He's quite a bit of a jazz head. And and so am I. So, I mean, we, I mean, we just connect on on music all the time. So I'm definitely singing in the wedding and it's not going to be a surprise. Like people, everybody who knows me and loves me knows that I'm going to be singing in the wedding. I never talk about anything like that. That's too personal. I think since, especially I, I shared my story because, you know, it really, it became yes, a lot personal. for me. Yeah, it was very personal, but because I found myself in this sort of like quest to like, save my family. (laughs) And to like, make sure that I was going to do my part that like, nobody experienced this or anybody experienced this, that, you know, family separation or anything like that, you know, saw themselves in my story and, and, and saw that there was a light somewhere, you know, that there were possibilities out there for them. And so I kind of, I became very um, nervous about sharing about my life.
0: Yeah, no, but it's also your, it, I think it's really important that you hold on to that. I mean, you do a podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not okay, which mm-hmm. is, it's awesome podcast. Congratulations on it. But there, there's so much honesty in that, that I love the fact that you keep some of yourself back. And I think that's really important. It's important for you two as well when, when you eventually do get married, because now we know that it's going to happen, which is great just keep it for you too. those moments you have to keep for you too. sometimes when you close your door it's like okay and that's it bye-bye this is now for us and that's
1: really special totally totally important to do it and I think that's what really like has helped me um you know moving forward especially like you know sharing my story was really traumatic it was, yeah, <laughs> it was of course. very traumatic for me because, especially because I didn't have the tools you know the, these tools that I have now which are like called boundaries apparently. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know anything about boundaries. I'm like, what are boundaries and you know, how do I control my anger? Um so those are new tools that I have now and where I hey, I have a personal life and I have limits and I I do like to be, you know, I, this is my profession. You know, I love I love sharing stories. I love storytelling in all sorts of ways, you know, whether it's a, on on my podcast you know, in in a Disney movie or uh, on screen film or television, uh, or even like documentaries. Like I'm, I am an avid documentary uh, viewer, watcher, and and I aspire to make my own documentary. So I'm just a storyteller, and I cannot help that.
0: I think you're you are lovely. When you come to the UK, I will let me know when you're in the UK because I have got to sit in real life opposite you because I think. We could just talk for a hundred years. We could, Diane. You're 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 so lovely. You really are. And the this show Encanto is beautiful. It's colourful, and it's got all these wonderful messages. And you're like we said. You're about you love, love, and carry on doing that. And just be happy and look after yourself, sweet girl. And and I'm warning you now. In London, that's it. We're having a day out together.
1: I can't wait. I love London. I cannot wait to go back. I was at Regents College uh, for a semester and I just absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to do it now as an adult uh, who is um, just, you know, a little little more happier with with herself.
0: Well, I look forward to seeing you and congratulations on the movie and lots of love, my sweet. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much for listening. And in the next episode of the podcast, in honour of World AIDS Day, David Furnish. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button and thanks so much for your amazing reviews. We honestly read every single one and they mean the world to us. Thank you so much.